It was an ugly, ugly series in Milwaukee for the Twins and their pitching staff. Why is this staff so shallow and so poor? I have answers for you on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 27th. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is Nash Walker. been writing at Twins Daily for over two years and, well, four seasons. And this is my third season hosting a daily podcast talking about the Minnesota Twins. Andrew Benintendi traded to the Yankees. Least surprising first trade of deadline season. I'm not surprised. We knew the Yankees were after Benintendi, and they get uh, a good left-handed bat. Looks like that'll push Joey Gallo out of the picture a little bit more in New York. So interesting, and trade season has kicked off, but we know the Twins have needs here, clearly. Clearly pitching needs. But why have things gone so wrong? I have the answer for you on that. Jose Miranda continues to crush. Chris Archer was awful today. The Twins' bullpen was awful today outside of Trevor McGill, who's been a nice surprise for them. Could be maybe a short-term answer, perhaps a longer-term answer back there. And then I thought the YouTube analysis of the Twins' deadline was was good today, and I think it's it's encapsulates where they're at right now, which is, do we expect them to make big moves? No, and maybe they watch this series in Milwaukee and they start to come to the conclusion that they are far away from competing with this pitching staff, with good teams down the stretch and into the playoffs. It's possible. This is the reason the Twins' pitching has been poor, and especially poor since you know June. I would say since June 1st. Aaron Gleeman tweeted out the ERA has risen every single month. There's a reason for that. I said in the offseason, over and over and over, I said no matter what the Twins do, the additions they make, and they needed to make more additions. I've been very clear they missed on another frontline starter in free agency and via trade. They didn't get another frontline starter. I view Sonny Gray as a solid number two. And you hope that the Twins would add a number one. So Joe Ryan's your three, or you know, you mix that up a little bit, however you see fit. But the reason the pitching has struggled so much is because the whole basis of this year, this year, no matter what. The young pitching was going to be the story. Who comes up, who who performs, and who helps the team win in 2022? And that just wasn't for this summer. That was for into the future. Who shows up among the young pitchers? We knew there were a bunch of young pitchers in the twin system who were reaching the same kind of double-A, triple-A, fringe of the majors trajectory. And here's where they're at. Now, Joe Ryan, the Twins didn't develop Joe Ryan, but he's certainly one of their you know younger best pitchers. And he's been very solid for them. He's been everything you could expect from Joe Ryan this year. He's been good. Bailey Ober is out indefinitely. Don't know when he'll be back. He's barely pitched this year. Josh Weiner is out indefinitely. He's been shut down. Don't know when he'll be back. Yoan Ryan has been very good out of the Twins bullpen. He's been so valuable to them back there. If they didn't have Yohan Duran, I'm scared thinking about where they could possibly be right now. So Duran's been very good. He was a top pitching prospect. Cole Sands, not good. 
not good in the majors, not good at AAA. He was somebody I was excited about coming in this year. Jordan Balazovic hurt and not good. His knee, Andy, has not been good at AAA, and I'm sure those two things are, are related. They are. Matt Cantorino is hurt, elbow problem again for the second year in a row. Jorge Alcala is hurt, an elbow problem. Griffin Jacks has been very solid. He's part of that young pitching mix as well. So I listed nine names there, and you could even, you know, if you want Giovanni Moran or Yenir Cano, you could do that as well. But nine names, Ryan Ober, Winder, Duran, Sands, Balazovic, Cantorino, Alcala, and Jax. Those are like the guys we were looking at this year. They're young pitchers who are going to impact the Major League Club. Three out of nine are either solid or good, and two of those three are relievers. And it's funny how this has worked out. They're one young pitcher out of nine, one young starting pitcher who has, you know, looks good and is healthy right now is Joe Ryan. And the other two are the only two good relievers in the entire bullpen. <laughs> like that's, and that's kind of what I'm trying to say here is this team was going to sink or swim with young pitching. And we knew that was so volatile. Young pitching is extremely volatile. We knew this team wasn't built on a good foundation pitching wise, but I thought there was upside here where if you get Bailey over and he continues down a, a path of being a solid mid rotation starter that he established in the second half of last year, if Josh Winder, who was very, very good early on for the twins, that's a big reason why the twins were good early on, why they won 14 of 17 games, because yes, Dylan Bundy's surprised, but only for a little bit. And Chris Archer pitched better than he certainly has in the last month or two, but it was Ryan Ober, Winder, Duran getting it done for this team. Griffin Jacks as well. But Ober and Winder, especially when Winder came up and he was pitching long relief and then he started some games, looked fabulous in Tampa Bay. They won that series in Tampa Bay on a Sunday where Josh Winder was terrific. He was outstanding and the offense was very good too. But Josh Winder was amazing in that game. Bailey Ober was getting it done at the beginning of the year, doing what Bailey Ober does, which is give you a chance to win. Joe Ryan was doing his thing, was even better than he's been recently. Yoan Duran, what an emergence in the back end of that bullpen. Griffin Jacks, what an emergence, right? And you pair that with surprises from Archer and Bundy, and all of a sudden you have a staff that's pitching very well. And it's, you know, a couple guys go down and it can kind of throw a wrench in the whole plan, but that's why the pitching has suffered because they don't have very many young starters who are impacting the major league roster which is why you're seeing Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer as their third and fourth starters because Winder and Ober are hurt. If Winder and Ober were healthy and effective, which when they're healthy, I expect them to be effective. They're both very talented, good pitchers. It would be a completely different story, but they're not. And they don't have help from Balazovic, who's been bad. They don't have help from Cole Sands, who's been poor. They don't have help in the bullpen from Jorge Alcala because he's hurt. They don't have help from Matt Cantorino, who's hurt. They're not getting help outside of those three guys. The offense is getting help from their young hitters. Jose Miranda has been terrific. I'll tell you why after this word from Sports Card Investor. Welcome to the world of Sports Card. Reimagine the Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. The Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. I'm telling you, I know people who are very passionate about sports cards. This would be right up their alley. This is huge. You can download it on your phone. You can go on the website if you prefer the desktop. I know some people 
do. Sports Card Investor app is terrific. The website is terrific. It's an awesome marketplace. Head over there now, Sports Card Investor. The world of sports cards reimagined. Thanks again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd, and Lockdown MLB has all the breakdowns. Lockdown Twins will have rapid reactions to any move made. Subscribe now to your favorite Lockdown Twins on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you get notified when each episode premieres. Jose Miranda is terrific, terrific young hitter. Now on the season, think of how bad Jose Miranda was when he first came up. And now his season line, he's hitting 281 on the year and 215 plate appearances with a 321 on base percentage, a little bit low. I think he's going to be like a 325, 330 on base guy. He's not going to walk a whole lot. He puts the ball in play. Slugging 478 for a weighted runs created plus of 125, where 100 is league average. So you look at the Twins, among Twins who have at least 200 plate appearances, that's Luis Sarais, Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, Miranda, Polanco, Kepler, Urshela, Gordon, Sanchez, and Jeffers. Ten guys have at least 200 plate appearances. Jose Miranda is fourth with a 125 weighted runs created plus. That is one ahead of Jorge Polanco. That's right behind Carlos Correa at 126 and right behind Byron Buxton at 129. Luis Arise leads the team at 143 to the surprise of nobody. But man, Jose Miranda, that he's been awesome for this team. He's been awesome for months now. He's a middle of the order bat right now. And I think I'm not surprised because I watched him last year and I watched him crush. Now there've been some things like the expected batting average, the expected slugging, those numbers are lower than his actual, you know, line. That's lower than his actual line. But the reason I loved Jose Miranda in the minors last year and why I thought he was, you know, clearly a middle of the order future bat for the Twins is because he had contact ability. He had the ability to go to all fields. He didn't strike out a lot before. And now you're seeing in the minors or in the majors striking out an under 20% of his plate appearances. That's after such a brutal start with the Twins. So he already had that foundation, a contact foundation, and he added power to that skill set. And now he has the tools of a complete hitter. He can go to all fields. He can hit for power to all fields. He can lay off pitches. He can make contact. He can spoil pitches. He can hit breaking balls. He can hit velocity. He can do a lot as a right-handed hitter. And that's why you're seeing the twins. I think their philosophy is at times going after hitters who are already contact oriented, like Austin Martin, like, like Brooks Lee, because you can't teach that. You're going to have guys who can hit for power. You're going to have guys with massive power. You can't teach guys contact ability like Jose Miranda and Austin Martin have. And Miranda's added power to that. Spencer Steer is another great example of this. Spencer Steer coming out of Oregon, purely a contact hitter, barely any power at all. I think he hit eight total home runs at Oregon in three seasons, like nothing. And now he's a 20 home run power bat in the in the minors. And not, he still has the ability to make consistent contact. Sometimes there's an adjustment. Guys will give away strikeouts a little bit to get that power to, to try to hit the ball hard and out of the yard. But Steer, Miranda, they've tapped into that. And Miranda even more so because you're seeing it now for the Twins, which is incredible, is next up. And it's exciting. And hopefully Austin Martin, who's slugging 313 this year, can figure it out and and have a similar breakout when he's healthy, you know, down the stretch and into next year. But they they this is a philosophy I think they have. This is a philosophy 
teaching guys to get into their legs more, to be more selective at the plate. Yes, you can make contact with everything, but you shouldn't. You should find pitches to drive. And Jose Miranda, he's driving the ball out of the yard. He's been terrific. The Twins' bullpen has not been. Chris Archer has not been. So many non-competitive pitches from Chris Archer. And I tweeted out today you know, how bad the Twins' bullpen has been. It's, we know how bad the Twins' bullpen has been. But people were responding like, that's letting Archer off the hook. That's letting the starters off the hook, which I agree. I think for a lot of this year, as the Twins were blowing games late, and some of that you just got to get the job done. But some of them were, well, we've been in the bullpen since the fifth inning. And at a certain point, the bullpen's going to crack, whether that's in the sixth or the ninth. You can't do it every single night. It's just not feasible. You need starters who can give you more length. And Chris Archer can't give them length. You know, Dylan Bundy can barely give them length. He's had some starts where he's gone six, seven, eight, even nine innings in Arizona, but he has to have a ton of run support to be able to do that. And he has to be pinpoint with his command to be able to do that. So Chris Archer was bad today. Jarrell Cotton was bad today. Yenier Cano was very bad today. Trevor McGill is the one guy. Trevor McGill has been, so if the twins have a bunch of these projects, they do every single year, all these relief projects, McGill, Cotton, you know, Whistler, so many of them. Last year, they had a bunch who didn't work out. Ian Hamilton. Ian Hamilton hasn't had much of a chance in the majors, but so many projects, right? They traded Lamont Wade Jr. for Sean Anderson, and I think he might have pitched one or two games for the Twins as a you know hard-throwing right-handed reliever with a good slider. So many of these guys who haven't worked out. Sometimes they do, and if even if it's just for short stints, and Trevor McGill has worked out pretty well for the Twins so far as one of those projects. He's given up some home runs in big spots. He's not pitching high-leverage situations, but you look at Trevor McGill's line this year, 20 and a third, 221 ERA, and that was before today. He had a clean inning today as well, so his ERA actually should be lower now. Yes, 211 in 21 and a third. Trevor McGill's been pretty good for them, and I actually think Trevor McGill should be given more responsibility late in these games. I think he should move up the bullpen hierarchy. But when you have to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning every single day, it's very difficult to have a deep enough bullpen where you feel comfortable in every single inning, right? You feel comfortable with every single platoon matchup. You just don't. I think Trevor McGill can move into more of a higher leverage role. Because like, what do you have to lose at this point? I think that's that's where I've come to with the Twins. With all the injuries, there's not much coming, which is very sad. Like this year, I don't know what people are expecting or the Twins are expecting to come. There's The only help that's coming in my mind is at the deadline. If Jordan Balazovic was shoving at AAA and you had him and you're like, okay, he could help us in the second half or Matt Cantorino could help us. Matt could still help them. He's sounds like he's going to be back relatively soon. Maybe out of the bullpen could help them. But if they had these starters, you know, Winder and Ober, and they knew these guys were going to help them in the second half, you'd feel much more confident. But you don't. You don't have that luxury. You don't have that comfort of knowing that there is a little bit of leeway there where you can shuffle some guys in and out. They don't have that. They just are so short in arms. And I, I said it last night, but it's just it remains true. They're short on pitching talent. And their pitching talent is hurt. And that's why this deadline is so unique because you don't want the Twins to get into a situation here. And as much as I've spoken to, and I will stand by the next five days leading up until the deadline and after the deadline as we assess what they've done, 
you have to make moves to improve this team because you still are in first place. It might be only by a game and a half, but you still have Carlos Correa. You still have a relatively healthy Byron Buxton and a very good offense with some good young hitters and Miranda and Kirilov and Pop. You have a good lineup with Luisa Rise and Jorge Polanco. So if only for that, they should be buying at the deadline. You also have two reliable starters at the top end in Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan. You know, Hopefully Sonny is in the second half. I expect him to be. He's off to a good start in that regard. I will stand by them needing to make moves at the deadline, but you don't want to get into a situation where they sell off the only talent. You know, the, the farm system isn't bustling. I think it's been taken to an extreme. Like people are like, this farm system, they have nothing to trade. Not true. The twins have, they have talent in the farm system. They have a deeper system. It's more deep than it is top heavy. And that's kind of been the case for the last handful of years. But Alex Kirilov and Jose Miranda just graduated. You know, Ryan Jeffers basically just graduated. They they haven't they haven't lost a whole lot in terms of, you know, trades or things like that. They've lost guys to graduations, which means guys are still on their roster. They're still in the organization. You can still trade Miranda or Kirilov. I don't think they should, but they could, right? But we don't view those guys as prospects. They're they're in a difficult spot where you don't want to give away the top half of the system. And then next year, if a couple more guys go down again, which Bailey Ober has a long track record of injuries, Josh Winder now has a track record of injuries. This is two years in a row. He's had shoulder problems. He's been shut down this year. If you have a couple guys who get hurt, Yohan Duran has injury history. Jorge Alcala, injury history. Balazovic now, Cantorino, certainly. All these guys, basically, outside of Griffin Jacks, have extensive injury histories. Joe Ryan's an exception to that as well. So you don't want to be in a spot again next year where, oh, we traded away a bunch of guys for uh, not Luis Castillo, but like Tyler Malley or Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas or anybody. We traded away a bunch of talent, and now we're sitting here. and We didn't want to rebuild. We were hoping 2023 would be when we get back into things, and now it looks like we have to rebuild because the farm system is so depleted. The cupboards are so empty. I don't think they're there now. They have major league players in their farm system. They have guys to trade. I think they could win trade. You know, I think they could win bidding wars in trades at this deadline. I think they can win bidding wars for trades in the offseason. They have good players to move here. That's not the problem. The problem is you're kind of tight roping right now. You, your system isn't good enough where you can withstand trading away a bunch of top prospects. I would have said a couple of years ago, and things have changed because these players, a lot of them didn't you know, haven't panned out to the, the way the Twins thought they would or I thought they would. But a couple of years ago when Lewis was was performing well in the minors, you had Lewis, Kirilov, Larnick, you had Balazovic who was dominating. You had a, a top end of the system that was special. And that was before Miranda's breakout. That was before Cantorino's breakout really drafted later on in 2019. But they had a system to deal from that was also deep with guys like Miranda. You know, it was deeper too. They're not in that spot anymore. They're in a spot where you lose a couple trades. Like a couple of these trades don't work and you're in trouble. And I'm not saying they shouldn't take those risks. Like I think they should be willing to take risks, but it is a tightrope. It is threading that needle of how comfortable are we trading away from this prospect pool, which is not bustling with top end talent you know it, you thought it might be with austin martin who's been very bad 
you know, a lot of these guys are underperforming or hurt in the system. So do you wait for their value to go back up? And then in the offseason, you make some of those moves or how do you navigate that? It's a tricky spot for them. And the twins struggling is not making it any easier for them. I don't think if the twins were winning more games, you know, since late May, it would be much easier to feel much more comfortable trading away prospects for major league talent. But because the twins have a losing record since late May, since late May, they have a losing record. It's hard to feel confident in that, right? It's hard to feel confident in the team. We'll see. I'm very intrigued. I hope you are too. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen to the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a prospect update tomorrow. We'll just go through top 10 prospects, look at their numbers over the last couple of weeks as we near the trade deadline. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Go Twins.